to the TV Kids Summer Festival. I'm Kristen Brzezowski, Executive Editor of TV Kids, and I'm speaking with Moonbug Entertainment's Nicholas Eglau and Andy Yatman. Hello, Nicholas. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you doing? Great to be here. Thanks, Kristen. It's been just five years since Moonbug entered the space, and it has made a lot of noise in a relatively short amount of time. So what do you think it is that has made the company so successful so quickly? So, so we're on this mission, as you said, five years in, where our goal is to become the world's most impactful kids entertainment company. And I think what has uh, contributed to our success are a couple of things. First of all, our whole business is set up around IP that has started and found and proven to have a big audience on digital platforms. And with the emergence of digital platforms as the primary way that kids discover and engage with content, the choices are, are really almost, almost limitless, right? And in a world of infinite content but limited time, brands become even more important. And so what we're doing is taking this popular content that's found an audience on digital platforms, investing, investing our time, our resources, our skill, our money, and building them into brands and franchises for kids and families all over the world. Um, and, and really our focus is really about, it's really all about the audience. So we're focused on, our whole team is focused on what resonates with the audience. We're constantly looking, we're constantly testing new things and seeing, did this new character resonate? Did this song, did this type of animation, did this storyline resonate? And try, and responding to what we see from the audience, so what the audience gives back to us. And then doubling and tripling, quadrupling down when we see something that resonates with the audience. A lot of times we try things that don't work and we'll just quickly move off and try to focus, you know, keep trying different things until we see things that really resonate with the audience. So for us, it's really kind of like the audience is our North Star, trying to continue to grow awareness and affinity of our brands with, with the audience. And the Candle Media investment got a lot of attention. What do you think it was about Moonbug that Candle saw for potential and what has that backing done for the company since? Yeah. So our strategy really fit perfectly with Kevin and Tom's vision, which is to build creator-driven franchises that deliver content, commerce, and experiences to specific audience segments. So obviously for us, the Moonbug's role within the Candle strategy is, is kids, right? Kids and kids and their families. Um, and so we fit, you know, it really was a perfect really alignment between our two different strategies. Um, and what what it's been able to bring is being part of Candle Media. I mean, first of all, it's been it's been a great fit. It's been we're a year and a half in. Uh, there's few people, executives out there in the whole entertainment space that that have more relevant experience than Kevin and Tom. Um, nobody has better connections or uh, um, able to open doors for us, able to give us advice. They're they're not sitting in our office on a daily basis saying, make this episode, change this line, do this song, but they're there to give us advice, they're to help shepherd us, they're to kind of push us to think bigger, right? They're incredibly ambitious, the company is incredibly ambitious, and with Cano Media and Blackstone behind us, we have the ability to, to do almost anything we want as long as it makes sense and makes sense for the audience. So it's really been, it's really been a great start so far. Let's talk about the stickiness of Moonbug's content. What makes IP like Cocomelon, Little Baby Bum, and Blippi so addicting? So we think about our content as, as being engaging. And in fact, we're proud of the fact that it's engaging and enriching, right? I mean, um, uh, every single episode that we put out 
uh, has a specific life skill value imbued in it. So whether that's sharing or taking a bath, learning to go to the potty, eating your vegetables, being nice to your siblings, whatever it is. So our team puts a lot of thought and heart and passion into every single episode that goes out. But we know first and foremost, so kids don't like it, if they don't want to watch it, then then it doesn't mean as much, right? So we're, we're proud of the fact and we focus very hard on the fact that our content's engaging. And, um, you know, I think what helps do that, our shows are very different. Coco Melon's a very different show than Blippi is very different than Oddballs or Little Baby Bum, but some of the things that they all that all of them uh, uh, kind of common characteristics of all of our shows is we're constantly putting out new content. We're constantly looking at what did the audience say, what's the audience reaction to it, and then fine tuning our content strategy or creative strategy based on that. And then we're making shows for a global audience, and we want our content to be accessible to that global audience. So. So for us, the fact that our shows, our content is available on the world's biggest, most accessible platform, YouTube, is really critical. Um, but we also want to work with the premium platforms and make sure that our content is also there for families that um, watch Sky or watch Disney Plus or watch Netflix. Uh, and so we think kind of that combination of the um, intense focus on what the audience wants and is looking for and their reaction to our shows and the accessibility are two of the things that help make our brand some of the most popular in the world with kids. Maybe just one point to add here is that I think we, we find the themes that which are the same around the world. So we try, we're trying to find those relatable moments for every child, whether in Brazil or France or Japan, like first day in school, it is always a, a really exciting it's, and they look forward to that. And, you know, how you spend that day, you know, it's probably the same excitement in all these markets. So I think one of the secrets is we don't just look for this, like, hyper important stuff, but also that the daily moments that are, are important for every child around the world. That's right. Key, key, uh, key developmental models yeah. for kids all over the world. Now there is some criticism or concern about some of this content being potentially overstimulating. What do you say to critics? Yeah, so we think that sometimes people might have a hard time understanding the popularity of some of our shows. And so it's easy to kind of um, point to conspiracy theories based on a couple of things that people might say on social media. I mean, we certainly, you know, we take a lot of pride in the fact that our content is popular and engaging, but also enriching, right? So like I said, like I said earlier, every single episode we put out has specific values Specific, a specific life skill attached to it. And we think that um, kids are going to be watching content. Um, it's just a part of what kids do all over the world. And we think that it's a positive thing when they're watching one of a Moomba piece of content because we have our creative team who lives, breathes, wakes up, sleeps, this stuff. We have our educational consultants, our curriculum consultants, our developmental consultants we work on. And we're very proud of every single episode that we put out. So we're proud of the fact that it's that it's in, in that it's engaging and kids seem to love it. Tell me about some of the work behind discovering new brands. Now, YouTube has certainly provided fertile ground for scouting IP for some of Moonbug's biggest successes. What do you look for? Uh, we have a whole MA team that constantly scouting the market. They are in, in talks with these owners. A lot of these IPs we acquired over the past few years among the pop shops, they created those shows. Every part of the world, whether in the US, whether in Amsterdam or Cape Town. Um, so, once we basically um, 
you know, stop them. We, we really looked at the values those IPs represent and whether they're a good fit to our portfolio. Just one example is Outboards, which we acquired last year, which is a slapstick non-dialogue show based from Singapore. So we really liked the show because we didn't have something like that in our portfolio and we love the team in Singapore. We saw the opportunity, how we can further build the, the, the brand and make it maybe a franchise. So we saw the opportunity for a spin-off and and we did actually, within a year, we created a show called Minibots, which is uh, a nice addition to Outboards and uh, which we launched a few weeks ago. Amazing start of YouTube and we already started selling it to premium platforms. Uh, we just announced a partnership with MediaCore, which is the largest free-to-air broadcaster in Singapore. Uh, they took uh, Minibots. So, you know, it is, was a great fit with us regionally, but also from a team perspective and the genre. And now we've seen how that works uh, after a year, so we're very pleased with that. Well, that's a good example. It fits into our general criteria our, um, when we're looking for new brands. Is, is, does it have an established audience base, right? And that could be a popular YouTube show, it could be a Roblox game, something like established audience base. Uh, does it have core values? Does it help kids kind of laugh, learn, and grow, which is, which is everything that we try to do at Moonbug? And then do we think we can really help grow it substantially? Do we think that those potential extensions for the show, could it be a, could it be books? Could it be music? Could it be a live show? Could it be apparel? Could it be toys? That kind of thing. So let's dig in a little deeper there. Once you've identified this IP you feel like could be a hit, what are some of the ways that you go about nurturing properties and talent, building out the presence across multiple platforms and touch points? So maybe a little insight in Mumbai is we have a huge data team here. We have more than 60 people sitting uh, in our London office. So what we do a lot is uh, we're analyzing data. We, we see like how people are watching our content, what they really like. And we don't think that data will replace creativity, but it's definitely a great input for our creative people. So we then look at um, an IP and see, okay, how can we make it even better? How can we grow it? Um, how can we distribute it? So we look at the current uh, distribution uh, situation and we add uh, new players in certain markets. We add linear channels. And we basically kind of fill the gaps of what the previous team had done. And so take, for example, Blippi, which we acquired two years ago. It was a live action show. And in the meantime, we have added lots of different content pieces to it. So we have added a, a new female presenter, Mika. We created a ritual with Amazon, Amazon Tree, um, Blippi's Treehouse. We created an, an animated show called Blippi Original, uh, sorry, Blippi's uh, Blippi Wonders. So we really see that how this IP has developed, how we fill the gap. And once we do this, and now we are distributed over 150 platforms, we can really um, create a kickstart for our LM colleagues to build a consumer a product and experience business. And that's something we do with every IP. Now, what's the strategy for windowing this content? Some brands used to be quite cautious about making sure programs had an exclusive home or very few. And now there's also some feelings that the more platforms, the better. Yeah, that's definitely our approach. So each, each IP that we actually acquired or built is, is born on YouTube uh, because that's the platform which is accessible around the world. It's, it's for free, has a huge volume of viewers, and we think that is a great place to build IPs and fan bases. But once we acquire these shows, you know, we want to extend the, the distribution. You know, we add it to premium, 
platforms, streamers around the world, broadcasters. You know, as we own every IP, we have all the freedom to package the content and fulfill the needs of our clients. They have different products, and so we are able to basically help them to, to launch this show in their best way. Um, so in a way, um, we don't, we're not big fans of windowing or exclusivity. Obviously, if someone funds a bit original, they need to have a chance to kind of refinance that and have a certain period. But even that show will eventually go to other streamers and broadcasters. Um, so our, our approach is we don't want to dictate to people or households how they watch our content. You know, there's still a lot of people watching linear content, a lot of people watching just YouTube, and we don't want to exclude anyone. I think our content is for every child, every family, and we try to be um, across all these platforms. And the good news is our content works on all these platforms in parallel, whether it's advertising funded, subscription funded, we can see from our data that we are growing in parallel, and that's the good news. How is Moonbug making use of dedicated YouTube channels and fast channels uh, for further reach and exposure? What are the opportunities that you've identified there? I mean, as I said before, YouTube is important for us, so that's where all the IPs start. And, you know, something we are very excited about is in terms of channels is linear channels. So two years ago, we saw the opportunity of launching 24-7 dedicated mobile channels. We started in Asia, in Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, and uh, we also have launched some of those channels in, in Europe and Africa, Middle East. It's interesting because especially in the preschool segment, you know, those linear channels can really reflect the routine of a day of a family. So we can really be a very helpful addition for a family. For the platforms, the upside is they don't need to tell people about our shows. People know our shows. Now they get those basically shows in an advertising-free 24-7 experience. So we, we see from some of the markets where people share data that our channel is constantly performing in the top, top tier uh, of all kids channels. And... Um, you asked about fast channels. Fast is definitely a big hype. I personally think that it's definitely worth for us to explore. I think there are a couple of ingredients which are required. I think you need to have the scale and you need to have a sales house which is able to monetize and sell the inventory. If both ingredients are there, I think we are very excited to, to start this. And I think, Andy, I think you have some thoughts about uh, the US um, where probably you have a little bit more scale. Yeah, I think the, the fast market seems to be the most developed or more developed in the U.S. And so we're, we're very active working with the different players, both with we have a Moonbug channel um, and we're actually rebranding it as with our with our pay TV channels around the world, rebranding from Moonbug Kids to Moonbug. And we have new kind of company branding that's just been going out over the last couple of months. And that includes obviously assortment of, of all of our IP, as well as we can we have IP specific channels and different platforms interestingly want different things which is great so um for example on pluto we have a little baby bum and the spanish version babycito baby bum channels it's just little baby bum content for 24 7 on that platform and so um we're experimenting with different different ways uh, uh to get our brands out in that environment and in a time when brands matter and having recognizable brands matter Moonbug has some of the buzziest IP around, so I see lots of opportunities to mine in that space. 
I think you're, you're right. I think given the fact that people recognize our brands because of the fan base that have been created, it is helpful for every part of our business. You know, when people go to stores, they find our products. When they're scrolling the EPG of a platform, they recognize our brands. And if they go to Spotify, they're going to recognize our the playlist that we have. So I think those brands really make Andy's in my life, I would say, easy because, you know, we just have to be clever and, and give access to our viewers and partners in many ways. But the creative, let's say, uh, fan base that we have or the fan base of our people around the world really help us a lot in, in scaling the, the business. And I think it's been it's been interesting and rewarding to see the evolution because this has really changed. I think the awareness of these digital first brands has changed a lot just in the few years since we've been doing this. A couple of years ago, we'd go to markets or I'd go to meetings to talk about our content. And I'd just be so relieved if somebody on the other side of the table said they had a kid who was under six because I knew that they knew our brands and they were, it was much easier. Anybody who didn't, we had to explain who we were and what we are. And I don't, that's not the case anymore. People generally know about Coco Melon and Blippi and Morpho and Little Baby. And, and, I think, and maybe to add to this, Andy, I think it's also the Moonbark brand as such. Obviously, when we started five years ago, they had no one knew about Moonbark. In the meantime, we are very like strict in using the Moonbark brand. You know, we use it for our linear channels. We use it on YouTube. You can see that we are behind those brands. Moonbark brand slowly but surely gets all the you know attribution from these brands and people nowadays see Mumbai as a curator of high quality and positive content for preschoolers, which you know will help us as well in the future when we look at how we can combine the Mumbai brand with the brands like Cocomelon or Little Angel. Well, I want to thank you both for sharing your time and your insights with us as part of the festival. So thank you again. Thank you very thank much. You very much. Thanks for having us.